Welcome back to Keep Idaho Red Radio on KIDO 107.5 FM, 580 AM, and KLIX in the Magic Valley. We just had a great discussion with uh, with the Speaker of the House. And um, we want now to bring in uh, uh, Representative Jason Monks, who is uh, representing District 22, seat B, is in his sixth term. So that makes you one of the most wise and the older clan here, right? In a house that's almost 50% new. And uh, you're the chairman of the um, Revenue and Tax Commission. So welcome to Keep Idaho Red Radio, Representative Jason Monks. Thank you, Victor. Appreciate um, all that you do and love the show here. Um, You mentioned we've got a new legislature here with a lot of turnover. My committee actually has 16 members. 11 of my members are new to the committee, um, including myself. So uh, big turnover, big change. It's going to take us a little bit of time to get our feet underneath us before we can actually get some stuff done. But super excited for the job and uh, the ability to get some good tax policy for the people. So how on God's green earth are you bringing 80% new leadership? How you how are you able to uh, just establish ground zero with that group when you have so, so few people coming back? Well, we've spent the last few weeks of session, at least the first three weeks of session, getting a lot of um, presentations from whether it's the tax commission, from the counties, to the association of taxpayers. We've all invited them in to to provide education and kind of some training to us so that we can get people up to speed as far as what we're, uh, so we can accomplish some good stuff going forward. So let's talk about um, the the Speaker of the House. We were just uh, talking to the Speaker of the House, and he was talking about three property tax bills that are coming through and he did um he did talk about one that you have been championing and so maybe let's he was only able to talk about it for about a minute so maybe we let's dig in on that so first of all remind everybody you don't collect property taxes you don't spend them you don't create the town budgets you don't create ada county highway district budgets anything like that so that's the starting ground so why is it so important to the constituents that even though that's the reality that property taxes be dealt with in some fashion i think you know we as a state legislature we like to we're going to try to fix whatever problems we have in front of us and we've had this discussion for the last several years as far as is there our responsibility to go out and try to fix it and we've 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 done a little bit um, on the edges. We had some bills over the last couple of years to try to help rein in some of the budgets um, that are out there so that so that uh, our tax-paying citizens have some relief. But unfortunately, you know, I think our constituents are demanding this of us. Uh, it was definitely the number one issue when we polled our caucus to find out what do we want to focus on this year. This was literally one of the most Uh, number one issue for us. So I think the constituents and the people of Idaho are demanding that we do something about it. We're listening, we're responsive to that, and we are going to do something about that to lower their property taxes. So Speaker Moyle uh, mentioned really kind of four elements to it. So let's talk about them in much more detail than he was able to. So first of all, the size of, of your property tax bill and where that money comes from. That's one of the things that we're working on right now. Um, We're trying to get as much as we can for property tax relief. I'm not sure we're 100% have a final answer as far as where we're going to get that money for, but we can, we're going to definitely try to hit that $300 million 
number that uh, was in that budget. Part of that money is going to be from one-time expenses. So we have one-time money available in our budget. We also have what's you know called ongoing money, which means we expect to have that money available next year. If you think of your own budget there at home, you have a salary and that's what you expect every year. And occasionally you might get a bonus. Well, you don't want to go buy a new car with a monthly payment on a bonus. Uh, you want to you have ongoing money to be able to, to fund that. And so we have on time, uh, one-time money that we're trying to plow into this system. We also have that ongoing money that we're trying to get there. Um, some of that is going to come from sales tax. So we think that 4.5% of all the sales tax we collect gives you about $120, $125 million. That's going to be part of that uh, formula where we get it. There's other things that we're looking at uh, to get. Uh, one of those was when we had the special session, we put $410 million into education. And so we're looking to use some of that because um, is I'm not sure if you discussed that before or not, but but you know we're using this for education dollars, and so it's appropriate to use some of that money, at least we think so in our mind, of where to get that. But I'm not sure I'm I'm married to any idea of where I get the money. I think it's all one big pot, but I know everybody looks at the pots of money as, as different uses and different things, and sometimes people have their names on their pots and they don't want me to touch their pot, um, and I don't care which pot of money I use. Frankly, I just want to get the dollar amount up as high as possible. And uh, we'd really like to get that $300 million number. Um, and I'm not sure that would be the full ongoing every year, but I'd like to hit $200 million ongoing at least. Um, that's kind of the biggest important thing because that's what's going to be there year after year after year. And anything else we can do on a one-time basis will be kind of a, a, a you know one and done kind of thing. So it's the ongoing money I think that we really want to focus on and make sure that that's available to our constituents and all the citizens of Idaho. Listen to Keep Idaho Red Radio. I'm Victor Miller, one of the hosts, and we're with Representative Jason Monks, seat 22, uh, seat B in uh, District 22. Sorry, he's in his sixth term, and he's the chair of the Revenue and Taxation Committee, and we're talking about a property tax bill that he is uh, championing. The second, uh, second thing that uh, the speaker mentioned is kind of the mechanism of how you distribute the money. Maybe talk a little bit about specifically about how that money would be distributed. Great question, and that's uh, that's what's really important for this bill, and I think it's probably the crux of why I think this is the best approach that we have. As we can't say it enough, you know, we don't collect it, we don't spend the money, but the state does have some obligations towards education. That's one of the things spelled out in our Constitution. That's what we're supposed to spend money on. Um, we have no problem spending money on it, and so that's where we're focusing on. If you look at your property tax bill across the state, approximately 30% of it comes from the cities, about 30% comes from the counties, and 30% comes from bonds and levies associated with schools. And that's a that's kind of an average across the state. You'll find some areas that it's as much as 50% of their property tax comes from school bonds and levies. And so if we're going to, as a state, help supplement some of these local property taxes, then I think it's appropriate that we spend that money on education because that's what our constitutional responsibility is. So the money that we would get, we would divide equally to all the school districts based on their average daily attendance. So more kids in your school, more money you get. So we divide the whatever number we end up with, $300 million by the total number of students, and then that money goes to each district. Now the key here is the districts, what they have to do with that money. In the legislation, it requires that they go service bond debt first. So if they have a debt, they're going to make that payment. Many 
districts, there will be much more money left over and they'll be able to then use it for the next level, which is paying off their bonds completely. So they could pay that off. We can stop paying interest payments on that. The next thing that they can use that money for is for levy. So their supplemental levies that they have out there, um, we're gonna make the payments on those as well. All of those things will, will result in direct property tax relief to our citizens out there. And so that's, what's, that's what we're excited about. Um, if a school district gets more money than they have bond and levy payments for, they can use that money for immediate life health safety issues. There's some districts that we have in this state that have a really hard time passing a bond or levy. They've got leaking roofs and asbestos in floors and they, they just can't afford to do anything with it and, and really struggling with that. They would be able to use this money to fix those particular needs at the time. And the final area where it would be is it would be a savings account for future construction needs. We would like to get that number up sufficient that this is where districts would be able to go to if they have future construction needs. They'd be able to bond, after, uh, 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 bond off of this money so that they don't have to go back to the taxpayers again for a future bond. So that's really the beauty of this particular legislation is not only do we take care of immediate needs, but we're looking in the long-term future needs and we're going to eliminate the need to bond for these districts. And that's what's going to provide real long-term tax relief to our citizens in Idaho. I mean, well, I think what's clever about this bill is it's not it's 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 helping education and the property taxes at the same time. So um, uh, good luck with that. And uh, we'll continue to follow up on that. Oh, there's one other aspect of it, I believe, and that is the circuit breaker. Right. So first of all, what is a circuit breaker who currently qualifies for the circuit breaker? And would you like to expand that? So circuit breaker, another way of describing the circuit breaker, it's just the state paying for your property tax if you are low income. And so there are a few criteria on who qualifies for that. Currently, there is a means test for your income. And if you make, it's roughly $32,000. If you make more than that, you would not qualify for the circuit breaker. If you make less than that, then that's one of the hurdles that you would have to to uh, get over before you'd qualify for it. The next hurdle that you have to, in order to qualify for the program is your house cannot be worth, I believe currently it's about $300,000. If your house is worth more than that, then we're not gonna help you out. Um, we also have a another number in there and it's based on the average sales price of homes and there's a percentage that we have in there and I won't bore you with all the details on that but we don't want to be paying for somebody who even though they may be retired and have no income coming in right now but they've got a million dollar home well we're not going to help you out with your property tax we think that you should be able to pay for that if you've got a, a very expensive home and so this system has worked fine until we had massive housing inflation and so people who've been in their homes for 20 years who've been able to qualify for this circuit breaker program, all of a sudden were no longer eligible because their house went from $200,000 value to $400,000 value. And so people on fixed incomes really are feeling the, the pinch on that. And so part of this bill that we have addresses that circuit breaker and uh, adjusts some of those limitations to help get those people who've had the help in the past, get them the help again. Now, also, I think, is there some circuit breaker elements for like veterans and the elderly? Um, maybe talk about that and whether the bill will address um, serving those two constituents. 
those are already in current law. We're not going to change those things at this point. They're going to they're going to continue on as they go forward. Okay, we have about one minute left. Maybe some general impressions about uh, the 2023 session so far, and and um, you know whether you're optimistic that we will see a property tax bill be done. General impressions. Uh, sessions are every, everyone is different. And they each have their own tone and their own undercurrents. This is no different. Um, it is different. That's the that's the unifying thing of all sessions is they're a little different. Um, as far as likelihood of this property tax bill going through, I don't know if this exact one is going to be the one that will get through the end of the, you know, signed at the governor's desk. I believe it will be something very close to this. Uh, we're going to have to probably change a few things on it to make sure it works in all situations, but I am super optimistic that we're going to get property tax relief done. In fact, um, I'm not going to stop until we do here, and I would never vote to sign a die until we have property tax relief that's meaningful and long-term for our citizens. Well, we deeply appreciate your work on this, and uh, we've been speaking with Representative Jason Monks, and uh, we will no doubt revisit with you as these bills go through, and we will celebrate the final result, and uh, we will all celebrate the day that the governor signs this legislation um, into law. And thank you again, and we'll be right back on Keep Idaho Red Radio.